We'll take our text this morning from the book of Proverbs. Read two verses, very familiar verses. Chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Trust is a word that's mentioned in God's word several times in the Old Testament alone. It's mentioned over a hundred or about 134 times. You know, trust is an integral part of our relationship with the Lord. It's right up there along with faith. Without both, we can't please the Lord. They're very similar. Faith and trust kind of go hand in hand. Some have said there is a difference between faith and trust. The difference being that faith is a gift that God gives to every person. Scripture bears that out. It says that to every man is given a measure of faith. But trust is what we do with that gift of faith that we've been given. Trust means a belief that someone or something is reliable, good, honest, and effective. It's an assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. You know, everybody trusts in something or someone. The Bible says some trust in horses, some in chariots. We will trust in the name of the Lord our God. You know, trust takes years to build and sometimes only seconds to destroy. Trust is only as good as the object in which it's placed. But this morning, the Lord invites us to place our trust in something and someone that will never fail. Why should we trust the Lord? Well, again, let's consider God's character and his reputation. You know, if you were going to build a house, you would want to go to a builder that was trusted, that had a good reputation, one that you knew would do a quality job. If you were looking to invest, you would go to a trusted financial advisor, somebody who had a proven track record. So you look at the character and the reputation of someone. Well, we can examine God's reputation and his character. Psalm 1830 says, as for God, his way is perfect. God is perfect. He won't make mistakes. A buckler, that's one that shields and protects to those who trust him. You know, God's success rate is 100%. He is perfect. You can trust the Lord with everything. God is unchanging. The Word of God says, I am the Lord God, I change not. The principles and the precepts in God's Word that have been proven from the very beginning are still just as trustworthy today. They're just as timeless and applicable to us today as they were when they were given. God's word never changes and applied to our lives. They will work every time in every situation in every age. God is always true. Hebrews 6.18 says it is impossible for God to lie. Of course, we know one of the quickest ways that trust is destroyed is when we find out uh, somebody has been dishonest with us. But God, God cannot lie. God is truth. It's against his very nature. God has, again, promised to direct our paths. We're thankful for that. When we're confused and we need direction, we can trust the Lord, and it says he will direct our paths. God has our best interests in mind. 
We like to trust people who will put our needs first and our interests first. Jeremiah says, For I know the thoughts I have toward you, saith the Lord, peace and not of evil, to give you an unexpected end. So we see God has good thoughts toward us. God holds all power in his hands. We know, again, the word of God says all power is given unto God in heaven and in earth. You know, if you consider these things really, it would be foolish to trust in anything else. But God offers out that, uh, that invitation to come and to trust the Lord. So we see why we should trust him. How should we trust him? Well, again, that verse tells us, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. You know, there's no such thing as partial trust. You can't serve the Lord with a half, half-heartedly or with a divided heart. You know, when we come to the Lord seeking anything, we don't come with any negotiating power of our own. We don't come to the Lord hoping to cut some kind of a plea bargain or some kind of a deal. We don't come uh, expecting to trade favors with the Lord. You know, there's no quid pro quo with the Lord. Not on our part. All the bargaining power is up to the Lord, but we simply come and we have to come in full surrender, in humility. That's the only way to seek the Lord with all our heart. We cannot seek the Lord or serve the Lord with divided hearts. The heart is the seat of the emotions. That's the core of who we are. So when it says to seek the Lord with all our heart, we take all of our hopes and our dreams and our ambitions, everything, and we present them at the feet of the Lord. You know, that's the only way we can be saved. I remember the day the Lord saved me, just 14 years of age, praying by my bedside on a Sunday afternoon. And I remember I got so desperate. I felt so burdened down by sin. I finally just prayed an honest prayer. I said, Lord, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. I'll go wherever you ask me to go. I didn't bargain with the Lord, but when I got honest and I made that surrender, it was in that moment that the burden of sin was lifted. That's how we come to the Lord. But you know what? That's how we maintain our relationship with the Lord. We keep those consecrations on the altar. We trust Him with all our hearts. It says that we're not to lean to our own understanding. You know, understanding is not a prerequisite or requirement for trusting the Lord. Often it's just the opposite. Man says, show me and I'll trust you. God says, no, trust me and I'll show you. That's what faith is. We trust. We don't need to know the results. We don't lean to our own understanding. I was reminded of the account in the book of John, the ninth chapter, told, tells about that man that was born blind. And it says as they came to where that man was, you know, the disciples had their own ideas about why that man was in that condition. I guess they were trusting their own understanding. They assumed that, oh, ask the Lord, well, who sinned, this, this man or his parents, that he would be born this way? Well, that's the problem with trusting our own understanding. You know, often we may look at somebody and we may misjudge them. We may have preconceived ideas, but they can be all wrong. And the Lord, of course, He told them, uh, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that uh, God should, that the works of God should be manifested in him. So there was a reason 
This man was the way he was. You know, it says when the Lord came to this man, he, he gave him a set of instructions. You think about the way the Lord healed this man. You know, it wasn't really a conventional method, not even for the Lord, really. This is that he made spittle out of clay, and he anointed the man's eyes, and he said, go wash in that pool of Siloam. Well, you know that man, I suppose he could have had questions. Maybe he'd heard about all those accounts of how the Lord had healed the blind and the lame and often just spoke the word. Well, God chose to do something different. The man might have wondered, well, why is the Lord doing it this way? Why the pool of Siloam? Why not another pool? You know, he could have had a lot of questions. But I like what verse 7 says in that chapter. It says, he went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. You know what? He didn't complicate things. He simply did what the Lord instructed him to do in faith and in confidence, trusting that the Lord would bring the results that were needed. You know, some things occurred before he ever received his sight. The man couldn't see Jesus. He didn't see what Jesus was doing, but he felt the Lord's touch. He heard the Lord's words, and he obeyed the Lord's instructions. You know, he did all of these things without seeing or even understanding. It wasn't until after that that the Lord uh, gave him his sight, and so it is with us. You know, we don't have to understand to believe. We simply trust the Lord and leave the results up to him. Trusting the Lord with all our heart, leaning not to our understanding. You know, that means trusting the Lord even when, when things don't make any sense at all. Job. 13, verse 15, he says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's trust. That's the kind of trust that will please the Lord. You know, when we think of trust and faith, we can't hardly fail to mention Abraham. We heard about him in the Scripture reading called the father of faith. Consider what God asked Abraham to do. He says he called him to go to a place where he'd never been. It says he obeyed and went out not knowing whither he went. He didn't ask God, Lord, give me a a map, give me a plan here, show me where I'm going to be next. He didn't know any of those things. He simply obeyed, not even knowing where he went, but he trusted God. We know that God made some outrageous promises to Abraham, what most would consider outrageous. But it says Abraham didn't even stagger at the promises of God. God promised him a son in his old age. It says, through his seed, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. In Romans 4, it tells us that uh, Abraham hoped against hope. It says he didn't consider his body being now dead. He was over 100 years old, but he didn't stagger at that promise through unbelief. It says, neither considered he the deadness of Sarah's womb. It says he was fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. I want to have that kind of faith. You know, as you read these accounts, we need to remind ourselves, this is the very same God we serve today. Abraham was just a man, but he chose to trust God's promises. The promises in God's Word, every single one of them, is unbelievable as they may seem. You know what? Those are promises for us if we choose to trust God. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's able to fulfill His promises to each one of us. 
You know, after that son had been given to Abraham, God asked him to do something else. He asked Abraham to offer up that son, that that, that son of promise, the one he had waited so long for. You suppose Abraham could have questioned God at that point? We don't see that he did at all. It says that he was willing to do so. Listen to this, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. That's the kind of faith he had, that even if God would require this thing, God could bring his son back to life. Of course, we know the Lord stayed his hand and stopped Abraham, but he said, now I know you won't withhold anything from me at all. That's faith. That's trust in God. You know, Abraham was like a little child with his father. He just simply believed whatever God told him, he knew God could fulfill his promises. You know, Abraham, by trusting God, earned God's trust and favor. That's pretty amazing if you think about that. Genesis chapter 18, verses 17 through 19. It says, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. God doesn't owe us any explanations. And yet here we see God confiding in Abraham, telling him what he was going to do, including him in his plan, because he knew Abraham's character. He knew Abraham would trust the Lord and raise up his children to follow the Lord. Uh, That's so amazing to me that God can actually entrusted Abraham, God, that Abraham earned God's favor. You know, it can be the same for us. If we have that same faith and that trust that Abraham had, God can trust us. That's an amazing thought. That trust allowed Abraham to be a blessing to others. Again, Genesis chapter 22, verse 15 through 18. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of the heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. When we choose to trust the Lord, we can become a blessing to others. You know, sometimes trusting the Lord means to have faith and trust when things don't go so well. Maybe when things or people don't respond the way they we would hope they would respond, we still continue to trust the Lord. The Bible says, trust in the Lord and do good. I thought of Brother Warren Trotter's testimony. I was just reading it the other night. Told about how on Christmas Eve many years ago, his marriage finally came to an end. He'd been married about five years. 
but he had developed a gambling addiction. He neglected his family. He would stay out late at night and uh, left them struggling to make ends meet. He said he came home that that uh, Christmas Eve and Sister Lucille at the time, she looked at him and she said, I, I'm, I'm done. We're done. And she, he said he looked in her eyes and he saw that love had turned to hate. And he was devastated. Well, he ended up leaving. And for the next month, he said he was just, he never realized how much he needed his wife. And he had a son at the time. Ken was three years old. But he said he was so discouraged. But about that time, his brother came along about a month later and invited him to a church service. And he said he hadn't been to church in years, but that night he went. And he decided, Lord, I'm just going to give you a chance to straighten out this mess in my life. The Lord convicted him. He went down and he prayed. God saved him wonderfully. He said in a moment of time, uh, that gambling addiction, that old foul mouth, that uh, anger and selfishness was gone in a moment of time. So he went back and he told his wife. He thought for sure she'd be thrilled. He was a new man. Well, he told her what happened. And you know what? She looked in his face and she laughed. And she didn't want anything to do with it. Not only that, but she filed for divorce. And he said he was devastated. He's so discouraged. But he said, I decided to do the one thing, only thing I needed to do. He said, I decided to trust the Lord. And he began to pray. And he began to pray for his wife. He began to uh, seek the Lord. And you know, it wasn't too long. He moved to Portland. And pretty soon, his wife came out to join him. Even then, she said, I'm not interested in going to church with you. I'm not interested in your religion. But after a short time, she could see the change that God had made in his life because he chose to trust the Lord and God softened her heart, saved her, reunited that family. And and for many years, the Lord used both of them to bless many others. But it began with that choice to trust the Lord. So we want to make sure we trust the Lord regardless of circumstances. One man said, trusting God means trusting and acting according to God's word in spite of circumstances, feelings, or consequences. We trust the Lord because it's the right thing to do, and we know that God will fulfill His purposes in our lives. You know, when it comes to God's promises, do we stagger or are we persuaded? That word stagger means to waver in purpose or action or hesitation. The word persuaded means to be convinced. You know, we have a choice. We can be persuaded as Abraham, or we can stagger like so many do. You know, the Lord's involvement in our lives is in direct proportion to how much control we're willing to give Him. That's why it says to trust in the Lord. With all thine heart, we can't serve the Lord uh, in a half-hearted way and expect to, to get anywhere with the Lord. How do we know if we're trusting the Lord with all our hearts? Well, you can ask yourself a question this morning. Is there anything God might be requiring of you that you're not willing to give Him? If there's anything in your life, that you're holding back and you're not willing to give the Lord. You know what? You're not trusting the Lord with all your heart. You know, trusting God starts when you can give up what you want for what you know God wants. Think about that account of that rich young ruler. He came to the Lord, said, Good master, what good thing must I do 
to inherit eternal life. And the Lord began to recite the commandments. And this man realized, Lord, I've done all of these things from my youth up. But Jesus told him there's one thing, one thing that you lack. You might say this man trusted the Lord 99% wasn't good enough. Because that one thing in his life is the thing that hindered him from serving the Lord. And, of course, Jesus told him. He knew his treasures, his riches were the very thing in his life that became an idol. He said, go, sell that you have, give to the poor. Then take up your cross and follow me. Then you'll have treasures in heaven. You could have a, he could have had a, a more wonderful life, a more blessed life than he could have ever imagined. But he withheld that one thing. And it says, that man went away sorrowful. How sad. Maybe you're here this morning or you're listening and God has been dealing with you about one thing in your life. You know, you don't have to leave sorrowful. You can give that thing to the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. God will bless you. God will give you riches and uh, give you uh, the things that you need in your life. You know, one other way to tell if we're trusting the Lord with all our hearts is the lack of peace or the presence of peace. If you have a lack of peace, the chances are that maybe you're not trusting the Lord with all your heart. Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because thou trusteth in thee. You know, fear is the opposite of faith. If you don't have that perfect peace this morning, God can give you that perfect peace. If you're willing to yield everything to the Lord, trust Him with all your heart, God will help you. God will bless you for doing so. You know what happens when we fail to trust God? Well, Jeremiah 10.23 says, It's not in him to direct his own path. Speaking of man, Proverbs 14.12 says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end therein are the ways of death. You know, failure to trust the Lord always leads to disastrous results. History has proven that. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, we have a choice. There's a choice that's been laid out before us, I believe, again this morning. Trusting God is not a matter of our feelings, but of our will. It's something we decide to do. We determine to do that. You know, there's wonderful blessings to those that choose to trust the Lord. Psalm 31.19 says there are good things that are laid up for those who would trust the Lord. Psalm 32.10 promises mercy for those who will trust the Lord. Psalm 125, verse 1 says that when we trust in the Lord, we'll be unmovable, we'll abide forever. So that promise of eternal life. Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. So we're presented with a choice. Verse in Jeremiah says, Cursed is the man that trusteth in man. But we also read that verse that says, Blessed is the man that putteth his trust in the Lord. You know, Joshua laid it out there from the people. It says, Choose you this day whom you will serve. 
the gods of your fathers that you served on the other side or the God of heaven. He says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, the choice is yours this morning. But I would encourage you, trust in the Lord with all your heart. If you need that peace of God down in your heart this morning, if you need that knowledge of your sins forgiven, if you need guidance and direction, if you're seeking the Lord for a deeper experience, whether that's your sanctification or the baptism, trust the Lord. Trust Him with all your heart. Come to the Lord this morning. Put that faith into action. God will bless you. He'll meet you this morning. Let's sing 480. These altars are open.